mountains. We all face them. Basecamp Live will equip you to conquer the biggest mountains when raising the next generation. Each week, you'll hear from culture watchers, thought leaders, and storytellers who know the tools you'll need to summit the peak and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. Welcome to Basecamp Live, and now your host, Davies Owens. This is Davies Owens, and I am so excited this morning to have in the studio with me, Josh McDowell. Josh, you have been a tremendous blessing in my life. I remember back in 1988, I was at Furman University, and I was a seeking 18-year-old, and you brought words of encouragement that there is true truth, that the Bible is real. Um, back in those days, I know apologetics, it seems like we're even maybe more um, on the minds of people. If we could somehow argue people into the resurrection, for instance, they would they would be confident in their faith. It seems like today young people are looking for something maybe different than in past decades. What do you think about that? Is that true, or are we all still kind of looking for the same thing? No. Uh, back in those days, people were looking at the problems of the world, and I want to be involved in it. Now it's kind of switched. As of about 15 to 18 years, it switched from the problems into the world to I have a problem. Mm. It switched to I, 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 where in the previous generations more you, you, you. Not for everyone, but the trend of it was. And of course, one of the reasons is the internet, which the internet focuses on you, meeting your needs, you who you are. And it's interesting with the same sex debate, uh, same sex marriage, it's the first time I know of where feelings has trumped science. Hmm. Whether what science says about the biological body, boy, girl, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's whatever you feel. And it all comes back to me, me, me. And this is why it's so important when you present truth today to one, relate it to your own life, what mm. it's done in your life and what it can do in their life. Because one of the things that, one of my favorite books of your, what are we at, 154 now on your, on your book list? Evidence for Joy. You said, when I understood Christian, the Christian faith was in a person who loved me unconditionally, I began to understand the meaning and purpose of obedience. I no longer obeyed God's law to prove my love, but I obeyed because my, of my new love relationship with God. And I think that's the thing. We're all humans. We're all striving and looking for unconditional love. And I think that there again, there's so much information afloat in the culture today. And kids sort of know, maybe they even know the basics of the gospel. But it's not resonated in such a way that it's created a, a greater thing for them to live for than themselves. How do we bring about joy yeah. and love in that way? With the internet and all, with the abundance of information, everything in the world is that you have access to. If the greatest impact of anything you see in the internet, the greatest impact in your life will be when you see it modeled mm. in a person's life where you desire it. This is why I believe it's so important for parents, Christian parents, to live out their faith before their children. Hmm. If they don't, it doesn't matter what church they take them to, how much they teach them the Word of God, whatever. It'll fall on deaf ears or be very difficult so, for that child to become a true follower of Christ. So living in our faith, we and we had breakfast this morning with some pastors, and I thought it was really interesting that you said the traditional Christian parent, I think, thinks that means, well, we've got to have family devotions. We've got to kind of have this moment where we have this big Jesus time, and that'll fix everything. And you said, actually, that's 
not the way to go about it. Talk well, about that. Well, for me, it wasn't. Yeah. We never had the traditional devotional time sitting around the table, praying and reading the Word of God and applying it to life. To me, instead of the big devotional, is a lot of small devotionals as you go through life. Mm. I taught my kid the scriptures on the way to school, on the way back from church, and away to a movie, and away to a ball game, mm. having breakfast at the Wrong Branch Cafe up in the mountains where we lived. Uh, it's just, I wanted to teach the Word of God in the flow of natural life mm. so my kids would see how it's lived out. Yeah. Uh, and But the thing is, even if you do that and they don't see it in my life, they won't want it. Yeah. For example, with um, dealing with pornography, mm. when I wrote my book called Straight Talk With Your Kids About Sex, meaning the day of pornography and the right, internet, right. I sent one of the men that are here with a video camera to each one of my children's house mm. houses. And I had an interview. Like for one example, one question was, uh, when was the first time your father ever spoke to you about sex? My three daughters and my son, all of them said, I don't know. We always talked. We always talked about it at breakfast, at lunch, and dinner, and away to church, away to ball game. And what they were saying, it was just a part of our growing up. Right. It was a part, a natural part <clears throat> of our discussion. It's and second question was key. Yeah. What was your greatest motivation to stay pure sexually? Hmm. I cried and I read this transcript. My three daughters and my son said, because I always wanted what my father has with my mother, meaning sexually, mm -hmm. and it was worth waiting for. So they had a vision of something greater That's than right. everything else around them. If we Say with pornography, if, if you don't have a greater vision than pornography, yeah. you will never beat pornography, no matter how much you memorize the Word of God. And we've talked about this is the whole Nancy Reagan just say no to drugs, and there was no nothing greater than saying no, and a negative doesn't motivate. That's right. So, so what do you, what word of encouragement would you have for parents today? I think there is such a desperation on the part of parents. They they want their kids to love Jesus and to and to walk in truth. So you've said for one thing, we could be cognizant of wherever we go, whatever we do in the Scripture. Talks I'd about say the first all thing: the time. Yeah. be aware. You can do it. Look, if I can do it as a father, anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. With my background, sure. Uh, Probably the greatest word of encouragement is, don't go it alone. You won't make it mm. as a parent today. Uh, learn from others. Uh, this is where I wish every parent within 100 miles could have been at heroic truth. Mm. Because this, any parent here is going to have an advantage with their kids because they were here Friday night and Saturday mm. morning. Uh, so don't go it alone. There's some good seminars everything, and some great wisdom on the Internet. Mm -hmm. Learn from others how to be an effective parent. Yeah. Now, if you had incredible parents who loved each other, who did positive ways in, in raising you, oh, you have such an advantage in life because you will repeat that parenting model. Mm -hmm. But we all need help. I had to. I watched people. Yeah. I mean, my dad was a town drunk. I never... I never. I don't think I ever saw my dad kiss my mother, ever hug wow. my mother or anything. Wow. They didn't have a marriage. They had an existence together. And I didn't want what my parents had. And so I watched. When I became a Christian, I watched men in the church, women, everything. I watched the pastor to see how can I become a good father? How can I become a good husband? Mm -hmm. I learned from others. That's why the Bible says one another. Right. I needed others in the body of Christ to learn how to be a good husband 
and an effective father. So watch others, study others, go to good seminars on all, and learn. It takes effort and it takes money. Yeah, and you've said that several times in the last 24 hours, just we have this notion that we just need to pray, read our Bible, and love Jesus more, and it's all gonna be okay. And it's like, no, we really need the community around us, whether it's overcoming pornography, learning how to parent better, you can't do it alone. Well, the biggest thing you can't do it alone is the internet, what affects upon a child, and pornography. We need one another, which is biblical. So we have, the internet is clearly one of the greatest forces pulling us away from a, a walk with Christ. I'm it can also levels. be one of the greatest forces pulling us to, to him. Right. a walk with Christ. So what words do you, how do we, again, parent, where do you, how do you aim them in the right direction? These smartphones Determine are in the pockets. Determine where your focus is going to be. Hmm. You can go on the internet and find incredible apps in uh, websites on parenting, excellent mm-hmm. ones. You can go to the internet on pornography as a parent. You go to Covenant Eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Covenant Eyes. Fantastic tool we have in our family. Org. Yep. Uh, you can go Pure Desire, yep. Pure Life, Pure Hope, three different websites. Yep. There's a Mormon website that is one of the greatest in the world. Mm. It's called Fight the New Drug. Mm. Oh my gosh. Now you wouldn't even know it's Mormon. Mm-hmm. It is straight biblical. And I respect them for it. They, they, they have integrity. But they probably produce the greatest videos out there. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing... Fight that, the new drug. Fight the new drug. And, I, and again, and on the idea of just, we have a tendency as Christian parents to think these issues are outside of our family. And I think the critical reality is that, you've said earlier, I mean, yeah. you know, for your five-year-old, I mean, really early, we need to be cognizant yeah. of That's where right. our kids are. Right. I want to correct something I just said. Okay. Fight the new drug is not a Mormon site. Okay. Fight the New Drug is an incredible site that's put on by several Mormon young people. Okay. So it's not a Mormon site. Right. And you read it, you would never dream. Think, no, this is going to be an evangelical. It's young people trying to figure out but a solution But the material yeah. is some of the most excellent in the world. Yeah. Let me go back to kind of this idea of young people today uh, are, are, I don't even say walking away from Christ. What I've heard you talk a good bit about is they just don't know. There is no collective memory in our culture today, unlike any other generation, this sort of grown up in, in with a Christian narrative around us. I mean, it used to be if you objected to it, you, even if you objected, you kind of knew what you're objecting to. Today, young people are like zero knowledge of, of what's in the Bible or who is God, so they don't even really have a center point. G.K. Chesterton, love this quote, said, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. There is a sense in which I think young people today don't even know what they don't know. And so again, sort of a lack of biblical knowledge, a lack of understanding. How can a parent other than just teaching the Bible to them. I mean, what what can we do to give them something to really understand who Christ is? If you don't live it out before them, why should they want it? Mm. If you name the name of Christ and do not live your faith out before your children in a way that it attracts them to Christ, Mm. then you'll lose. Mm. You can give it your best shot and everything else, but you, you can win. But it'll be so much more difficult. And we need to live our faith out where it becomes attractive to our kids. When they want what we want, they'll listen to what we say. But if they don't want what we want, they don't want what we have, then why should they listen to what we say? Because if they listen to what we say, they will have what we have and they don't want it. And that's huge with young people today. And most young people today is just kind of, so what? Right. So what? Even okay, if you give them the facts. Okay, so you're a Christian, so what? And here's the proof of the resurrection. So what? What does it have that's to do right. with it in my life? And I think that's the key issue. 
unless you present truth in a way that you answer the question, so what? Right. Truth will not take. And away. one thing, Josh, I've heard you say over and over, I really appreciate, is it? It is about their confidence in truth, not just in. You ask. It was an. I wish everyone could have seen yesterday. You were in our twelfth grade classroom at the Ambrose School, and you you put some kids on a hot seat, and you said, "It's great that you have all this knowledge, but what do? You, how do you know that what you believe is true?" And that is that is a very uh, new way, I think, for some of our kids to think about, is this true or is it just what my parents gave me? It makes me feel good. And I think that's that's probably the, I hear that, you know, it's a big part of the Heroic Truth Conference is let's really drill down. Is this capital T truth? And that's the thing that oh, this kids is have so got important. to understand. I would say 97% of Christian Christians in the world, including pastors, cannot define truth. Hmm. I would say out of asking probably 4,000 people to find truth, maybe four ever have. Wow. And if you can't define truth, then how do you know something is true? Now, is that part of our hyper-individualistic culture? Like we just don't want to believe there's something that's... No, it's wh- just why that, is that they've never been taught. When was the last time anyone ever defined truth for you? When was it? Probably never. Not as a singular definition, probably. Probably never. Right. And Christians will say, I'll say define truth. They'll say God. I said, oh, how bad can you be? To define truth as God is meaningless because if you can define truth, then you can't define God. Mm. Mm -hmm. Others will say define truth. The scriptures. Well, if you can't define truth, then that's a meaningless statement. Right. Uh, It's like love. Define love. God. Well, that's ridiculous. It's got to have a place. So how do you anchor it? What is the... You've got to define Well, like truth is very simple. Webster would define it that which has fidelity to the original. Hmm. Or what you would call... It's the same thing as calling it the correspondence theory of truth. Does your statement coincide with reality, with what is? You've talked... With the original. Like I say, it's snowing out. Is that a true statement? Well, is there fidelity to the original? Right outside the snow. If there's not a white substance falling that is defined as snow, then my statement is false. Why? It doesn't coincide or have fidelity to the real situation. But if there is a white substance called snow falling, then my statement is true. Why? It coincided with real. That's called the the um, theory of correspondence. Do your statements correspond to what is, what is now, what was in the past, whatever. Yeah. It's very simple. When Jesus said... I am the truth. Most people understand that. Truth. Jesus said, now you define truth, that which has fidelity to the original. Jesus said, I have fidelity to the original. Who's the original? Yahweh, God the Father. Jesus saying, I am the same as equal to Yahweh when he said, I am the truth. No wonder they wanted to kill him. They said, show us a father and we believe in him. He said, those that have seen me have seen the father. Right, totally, totally radical. I'm the same as the original. Sure. It's it shows the, the Father and we right. will believe. Those that believe in me believe in the Father. Why? I am the truth. I am the same as equal yeah. to the original. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it, this morning you and Sean were talking to the pastors about the, uh, the the fluidity of the generations, kind of like millennials and then those coming after them, that there is no... So this idea of something anchored down as true truth is a completely foreign idea to the young generation. So... There is a, each has their own truth. Each has their own truth, and everything is subjective. So, so the, the how powerful for a young person to recognize there is something external 
to themselves that is truth. It's bigger than my parents. It's bigger than my pastor. It is, it is the point at which my life is being defined. And I think that is the thing, again, back to kind of the original part of our conversation. Kids need something greater than themselves to live for. They need something bigger than just a, a nice token wisdom uh, words or something. They need, they need a hope. And I think that's the thing that I keep hearing you go back to, which we, we can't detect counterfeits if we don't know that. It's the not enough looks to like. just say no. you got to say yes. got to say yes. And that's the biggest piece that I, I hope. Um, you said it, one of your, I guess it was in Evidence for Joy. Joy means being secure. And that is the piece that I, I know that every kid, every adult, we want to be secure in our faith. And there is joy is a natural outcrop from that, not a, not a temporary happiness. So um, real quickly in the last uh, moments we have here, um, one of the things I so appreciate about what you, you have um, continually talked about is the importance of an, our, our, the intellect being a part of our faith. And it was really wonderful to have you at Ambrose and to see our desire to try to help our kids reason well and think well. And I think that is... It would seem that's a huge part of the problem today is that people just don't know how to think, whether it's choosing a politician or discerning the scriptures. It's turned to how do you feel, not so, how do you think. Right. Yeah. And so often parents will pick their kids up after school, and the big question is, did you have fun today? Are you feeling okay? Feelings trumps truth. Yes. Feelings trump science. In the same gender issue, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what biology says. You're a boy, you're a girl, you're a man, you're a woman. It doesn't matter. Whatever you feel is true for you. So science is no longer a factor. So I don't know how anyone in the university can later appeal to science about something. There's no, there's well, how can you tell me that's true? Because I don't feel that. Right, right. Yeah? So you, so education then is a very critical vehicle in the life of a young person to really learn how to think and to reason well, it would seem. From your, from your observations of young people today, part of the problem is they've just never been taught to kind of reason well and think well. So um, kind of final final. Just question, if you sitting with a parent and you have one minute, which is about what we have, what word of encouragement would you say, hey, hey, parent, I just want to give you 50 years plus in ministry, millions of people I've talked with, I just want to give you this encouragement as a parent today. What would you, if you could single it down? Oh, very sur- simple. Okay. One phrase. Yes. Is number one in parenting. Rules without relationships leads to, lead to rebellion. Wow. Kids do not respond to rules. They respond to rules in the context of a loving, intimate relationship. And I would say, parents, learn how to develop a loving, intimate relationship with your child, and very seldom will you have problems. Because when truth without relationship leads to rejection. Hmm. Kids respond to truth in a context of... Go to my website, josh.org forward slash resources to parenting. You can download seven simple principles how you can build a relationship that will literally transform your child. Fantastic. It's called the seven A's. Seven A's. Of okay. parenting. Right. And you can go there and download it free to josh.org forward slash resources. Wonderful. Well, Josh McDowell, it is an honor and a privilege to have this time with you. And I appreciate the work you continue to do and the writing and the encouragement to reach this generation that so desperately needs hope. Thank you for what you're all about. And it's a great generation. It is a great generation. Thanks, Josh. Bless you. Take care. 